killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside So now I have gotten better, but you are the one who is sick Yeah, yeah, we just switched Yeah It has been one um, week From all that making out after recording last week <laughs> Probably not a good idea it was mouth to mouth. You were unconscious. Oh, thanks. You revived me. Uh-huh. All right. Welcome back, Scaredy Cats. It's the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. This week, we're watching the movie Killing Ground. It's yeah. on Netflix. It sure is. Mm-hmm. It was one of the big Australian horror debuts of 2017 last year. Even though it says 2016 in a lot of places, too. I think 2017 was the major release in North America. Yeah, since we did our lists, our top 10 list last week, and I just had all the confusion of um theater releases versus oh, yeah. festival releases i just can't get straight it's every hard, movie right? comes out in three different years yeah how do we what criteria do we actually use nowadays mm. in in the time of film festival releases being one year prior to major releases yeah maybe australian or european releases so i think north american releases is probably a good way to go in terms of yeah we'll do our best to stick to that but then there's north american releases are now going to start including netflix releases yeah, like that complicates things too. Yeah, because a Netflix release is probably coming out after the uh, um, a festival release, typically. Yeah, is Before I Wake going to be on twenty eighteen list? Because technically, that came out in the U.S. this year, like last week. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be on a ton of like American viewers. Yeah, it was hilarious. It's hilarious seeing um, Mike Flanagan post about Before I Wake coming out finally. Mm-hmm. He's like, just so you know, Before I Wake was recorded or was filmed before. Jacob Tremblay was in uh, Room? No, he said it was filmed oh. before Gerald's Game, before Ouija oh, Origin, yeah. <laughs> and before Hush. Like, I made this movie a long time ago, and I'm so glad it finally has an audience now. Wow. Everybody's finally getting to see the movie before all the ones that they love. Exactly. And that's hilarious. Exactly. So yeah, Killing Ground, that was one of the big uh, first directorial debuts of an Australian horror movie of 2017. The other one was Hounds of Love, which was also on a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See that one? Yeah, I saw the name. Didn't mm-hmm. look into it too much. No, me neither. So, I mean, we're we're kind of filling in the gaps now. That's what happens at the start of a year yeah. is you have a whole yeah. laundry list of things to go back and watch because yeah. people are telling you about these films that you weren't aware of before. Exactly. They're coming up on lists. Um, an example of one of those things that I had to go back and watch because it was on a list was Creep 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I watched that this week. Oh, okay. Um, time for... Scary 2. So, you checked it out in between... Last week and this week. Yes, indeed. I was, um, as you can tell, I was very ill, and uh-huh. uh, I watched a couple horror movies, um, and one of those was Creep Two. Um, after seeing Creep like a week or two ago, um, that was fun. <laughs> that was really fun watching both of those two movies. Yeah, um, it's a nice not like not re- simply repeating the formula of the first one, yeah. but building on the logic and yes, exactly. expanding it into new territory. And just incredibly, incredibly, incredibly character and performance driven. Mm-hmm. Both of them, they have that in common. It's got the found footage feel, but you know, it, it's a little more um, intentional and you get to see things for a lot longer. They linger. It's just uncomfortable and oh, dreadful. It's there's great. just, there's nothing like it. I can't think of another movie like Creep no. 2. It's so bizarre and strange. Yeah. And if you were like me at all and uh, Mark Duplass, it like, you know, makes right. you back up a little bit and yeah. you're like, eh, I don't really want to. Yeah, he disappears and it's a different guy. It's his character and it, it's amazing. He's so good. That's awesome. I knew if anything would turn you around on Duplass, it would be these two movies. Yeah. And I, I still don't want to watch him. <laughs> I don't want to watch Duplass do anything, but he's so good. So I, I just can't not nice yeah and i think maybe um not that you asked but i think that i like the first one better 
Oh yeah, I haven't. See, I I watched the first one when it came out, and the second one when it came out. So I, you have that immediate back to back perspective. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I, I figured maybe you wouldn't. Um, I think the first one is he he really, I guess, is more um, deceptive in the first one, mm-hmm. and in the second one, he's more just like unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, that that jives with what I remember. Like in the first one, that's what's so scary about it is his character is truly mm-hmm. frightening. And the second one is kind of like pulling behind the curtain and seeing his yeah. internal actual struggles with who he is. Yeah. So it's a much more vulnerable character and some of that creepiness factor is gone. Yeah. That was there in the first one. And he's 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 upfront with what's going on. You know, like he's half upfront with everything, right? Yeah. He's like, I'm a serial killer and I want to make a documentary because I'm having a midlife crisis, basically. Mm-hmm. And for the, that reason, I think that's why I like the second one more because it was so unique and strange. Man, even like that opening that opening scene where he's just with that guy and he, he does that incredible a throat slice yeah he's just like sad sitting yeah, at the then, table yeah and then he's just like he's dead the guy's dead beside him he leans on his head oh yeah but... <laughs> and he's just drinking a beer and just like empty he's like this doesn't do anything for me anymore yeah and you really believe that even yeah. though he's a very deceptive character you believe that through the movie he's like he doesn't enjoy killing anymore yeah and it's kind of sad yeah i've never heard that story before I've never yeah. heard the story of a serial killer who is just like feeling empty because the serial killings aren't fulfilling him the way they used to and that story could never have happened as the first movie in a series so they had to sort of sacrifice the run of a serial killer doing their serial killings and get right to the end part where or it makes it just incredibly more effective to have that earlier chapter like because we identify with this killer in such a deeper way yeah there's a third one coming out too they've apparently they always envisioned it as a trilogy so so curious to see what happens next with that yeah i can't even imagine it's super exciting it's a great movie and i had a great time that was a great recommendation oh man i knew you would love it um for me this past week i watched a documentary called lost soul have you heard about this maybe okay go on so the easiest way to explain it is do you know um apocalypse now and heart of darkness the that kind of movie parent yeah so uh, heart of darkness is the for those who don't know is the documentary about what it was like making apocalypse now Mm -hmm. and it just shows the shit show that happened to that movie behind the scenes like how it was ended up being a year and a half it was only supposed to be a few months so lost soul is that same movie but for the 90s horror movie called the island of dr moreau which is an hg wells story yeah starring Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer about like a crazy mad scientist on an island and all his like half human half animal breed that live with him on that island right and like I had never checked it out just I remember (laughs) seeing the video cover in stores or in Blockbuster when I was a kid and the Simpsons parody and the Simpsons parody of it (laughs) yeah exactly and I had never checked it out um but this documentary just shows how insane that whole movie was to get made and mm. how just it was like Val Kilmer at the height of his career and the height of his inflated ego. So he had just come off uh. of Batman forever. And he <laughs> came to the set and he just like didn't know his lines, didn't know anything. Um, gave the director whose vision of this movie was something that had been with him his whole life and like really wanted to work hard. But he was kind of like a reserved guy and he didn't stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. And Val, the director would come forward and be like, all right, in this scene we're going to do it. And Val Kilmer's like, directors go behind the camera. Actors go in front of the camera. Oh, and Val shit. Kilmer would just do his own shit and started running the show. <laughs> and the director was having a breakdown. No one was standing up for the director because they're way off in some island in Australia. And then Marlon Brando shows up finally, like late, a few weeks later, and also doesn't know his shit. And then Marlon Brando's ego and Val Kilmer's ego start bashing against each other. Whoa. They had to like scrap filming for one entire day because both of them said, "I'm not going to set until the other one goes to set first. Uh, <laughs> and whoa. Then, and then so this director like disappears, and they had to hire like a new director on the fly to come down 
to take over the movie and do the rest of it. And this director didn't give a shit about it. He's like, whatever, let's just film all these things. We have the script, let's just shoot it. And Brando starts telling people what to do. Brando starts picking his own costume. He starts like dressing in certain things. He starts like ordering certain background cast members to be like next to him the entire time. Like there was the 17 inch (laughs) tall, the shortest man on earth actor as a background actor. And he's like, this is going to be my henchman. He's going to be in every scene with me. And he's just going to like be my kind of (laughs) helping me out the whole time. And they're just like, great, whatever. Let's just fucking do this. And so it's so nuts. And that's actually where the mini me trope from Austin Powers comes from. Is from this movie and Brando's weird demands. I had no fucking idea about any of that. Neither did I. And that is only like half of the crazy shit that goes on. It's on Shudder. Watch this documentary. You'll love it. And I tried watching the movie afterwards and I got halfway through and I'm like, this is just ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I want to see it further. I just want to see knowing that the shit show, they're just going insane and that both of them are just inside their own heads and. Yeah, it was supposed to be a oh, six-week cool. shoot. It took six months. <laughs> like, it's just nuts. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah. I really want to, What's the, it called again? The Lost Soul. Lost Soul. Okay. And then Island of Dr. Moreau is the movie. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, this, this poor director guy. Oh, man. Wow. That's, that's fucking hilarious. It is. It's great. And now I just... I want more of those movies. I know they're out there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are. You know, about yeah. like... In like documentaries, I can't think of too many, but like that's the um, Shadow of the Vampire Nosferatu sort of like it's a look at mm-hmm. the making of the movie but it's it's a fiction it's itself is a fiction yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's closer probably to like ed wood or yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you got it what am i thinking there's another one that just came out it's like oh disaster artist yeah, yeah disaster movie artist. about making a movie mm-hmm. yeah speaking of globes guillermo de toro got best director last night nice the golden globes yep. for shape of water mm-hmm. fucking awesome really cool gave a great speech i wish i could have seen that movie before he won <laughs> yeah oh you can still go see it now. yeah i'm, I'm definitely gonna still see it but like Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, seen it. well, Oscars are still two months mm-hmm. away, so mm-hmm. you can do that before. Who knows? Well, who knows if he gets it? That'd be rad. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Good for the genre. Mm-hmm. Get some awards. Get Out didn't do as well, unfortunately, but yeah, I I don't have high hope typically for a movie that's at the top of the year. Just there's too much to follow it, and to I don't know, not. I don't know. Oh, There's you're saying too much time goes past. And just the fact that Get Out was so early in the year that hinders yeah. its chances, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. That's just always my opinion with like games and game awards too, is if they come out really early. I know it's not quite the same, but like the welcome back to Dave's Game Corner. Uh-oh. Um, I want to play a game. Yeah. Dave's in the corner playing games. Want to play a game. <laughs> but with uh, games, typically um, games that come out at the top of the year don't benefit from the same, even just the months and months of um, technical advancements that come out wow. um, along the way. So games that come out at the end of the year just had that much more time to work on them. Crazy. So they same shit same yeah. shit in video game world. Yeah. Yeah. The last end of the year stuff tends to do better. Right. Yeah. And then studios and developers respond to that. They, at mm. least in film, I don't know about games, but they'll push out their better content right before the end. Yeah. The horses that they want to put their award yeah. ceremonies on. Sure. And also they want to do it with sales as well. Just like with movies, ticket sales around Christmas is a big thing. Mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. end of the year stuff is usually huge. Right. Yeah. But um, I also wanted to quick talk about one other movie I saw. The reason I want to get it over with is because it was the Bye Bye Man. Did you see it? Did you end up seeing it? I did not, but okay. we had a fun time on Twitter, those of us that participated in it, with a Bye Bye Man <laughs> tweet that I tweeted yesterday, and I got people to write in their own responses for the best Bye Bye Man sequel. Oh. So we had, th- thank you for all those that participated, and maybe we'll do a scary movie sequel Sunday as a regular thing, because that was a lot of fun. So last <laughs> night, you saw the Bye Bye Man. That's so random. Yeah. Um. I, I, another just sick, stuck in my bed with cold meds. Was that is that on Netflix now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't know. I kind of, I thought it was pretty good. No way. In in a lot of ways. Not not completely. The Bye Bye Man. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, not okay. So there's some things that are terrible about it, but as a um, a collection of sequences, yeah, some of them <laughs> I thought were pretty good. As images that follow one another. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like in this one when he's in the house until he gets out. Like that's a great ten minutes. You right. Know? There's there's some great moments in it. The Bye Bye Man as a creature looked really stupid. <laughs> was really stupid it was cool like they were like losing time they, they would just like a couple hours would pass and they had done weird things or written weird things and hmm. it was like a virus that's spreading by saying his name like it was cool okay i'll i'll check yeah. it out but uh, i'm gonna take it with a grain of salt you probably won't like it <laughs> considering you were hopped up on a ton of cold meds on a good amount yeah on a good amount mm-hmm. sick as a dog mm-hmm. yeah as a sick dog not i was healthier than uh or I was less sick than a healthy You're, you're dog. fumbling over trying to <laughs> I <need> roast to. <laughs> the expression sick as a dog. <laughs> Some dogs are healthy. <laughs> Good job, Dave. Um, yeah, so I was definitely messed up. And yeah, there's definitely some problems with like the writing, some of the performances, but the descent into madness and what this creature does to the human mind and some killings that happened, very Oculus feeling. Mm. Like oh, you're just you are trying to bait me right in, aren't you? Like I'm, t- they lose time and they no, do I stuff. I love they that. Need to. I love yeah. time loss things. Yeah, it's so it's, it's good. All right, I will check back in and re- or I will check that out. And yeah, report back. Can't wait to hear next week how Chris got halfway through by my man and turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> but today, Killing Ground. Um, I gotta say, directed by a guy named Damien Power, which is just the best cool name for a horror yeah, director. Yeah, Damien Power. Damien Perfect. Power. To the point where I'm like, is that a real name? <laughs> or when you are you if you're born with that, are you like, well, I gotta be a horror director, I guess. I, I suppose. Um no, that's gotta be a made up name. I don't know. <laughs> but the, I was looking at um some movies yesterday and one of the actors in it her um last name was Cappuccino. <laughs> in this movie killing ground N- not in killing ground it might have been one of the two you sent me those um okay those 80s movies uh-huh um one of the people in it might have been named <laughs> cappuccino it was a woman something cappuccino <laughs> you were in heavy research mode yesterday i guess being couch locked yeah you're like i'm gonna check out all these recommendations uh, i was super bored i couldn't move yeah i was really sick Damn. awesome mm-hmm. well you're hopped on, on cold meds now you certainly well equipped to watch this movie and talk about it mm-hmm. yeah we just thought we would hop into one of the more recent netflix movies that are getting a little bit popular right now i really do love australian horror too and maybe we give you guys uh let you guys know how good it is yeah i mean australian horror other than the two sean Byrne ones the only one i ever really know is the wolf creek and this yeah. one seems closer to wolf creek than yeah a sean Byrne movie because sean Byrne movies pretty much take place in the u.s yeah and those were the three that i was thinking of yeah and i really should look this up because i imagine it's american but the hills have eyes oh super american it's super american yeah, yeah. Oh, okay just takes place in australia no does it it's australian outback isn't it no 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 no, no. where is it it's like just the deserts and outside of I don't I don't know I want to say like near area Arizona or something like that yeah area Arizona New Mexico because it was like with um was it the nuclear testing that made them I thought so I thought that's what okay it, so that it would is. be super American yeah what else is Australian um there's another one that I keep getting recommended called the Snowden Murders I think and mm. that's based on a true story but then um, retold in fictional form okay that's a big Australian one but I think right now Sean Byrne um is kind of dominating the conversation. Yeah, and then is. these two are the new entries, Damien Power and then Ben Young, who did Hounds of Love. They're the two new Australian ones. So Australia is really right now cultivating yeah. some hot horror hype. Well, the, yeah, the indie one's getting a little bigger because there's the one Lake Mungo. Is that Australian too? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's on Shudder, I believe, yeah. right? It was It was okay. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Cool. It was all right, but somewhat typical found footage. Right on, Australia. Way to step up your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Uh, you want to watch a horror movie? Can't think of anything else I'd rather do. Okay, cheers. 
I'm out. Oh man, that's so weird. All right, welcome back, Dave. Huh. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> that's Crikey. That's a good way to to sum that movie up. Crikey. Crikey. But small c and an exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like mother. Full sentence. Crikey. Oh, I'm, I am. I'm happy they didn't kill the baby. Yeah. Right. Uh, yes, I'm very, very happy. <laughs> Although they tried. Well, I'm looking for your agreement to you. They threw some shade at that baby. They tried, and they threw that baby at some shade. And they threw. The... <laughs> yeah, that's probably the, well. That's the second since Annabelle creation baby that I've seen thrown, mm. or maybe the first Annabelle. Yeah, it was the first Annabelle. Right, but that, did that baby live? That baby died. That was a fake out. That was a fake out. But I didn't know it was a fake out. But there have been a few horror movies in recent years that have killed babies. <laughs> yeah, they're going for it these days. They really are. <laughs> it's like. No holds barred. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. So he's, um, so that baby lived. That's yeah. great because it, it was. There's a one point in the movie when um, the doctor and the first guy, we'll call him the Australian Daniel Stern, <laughs> is with the his name is other Ian. family, Ian, and they appear like just on the scene of the other family there. And I'm like, this movie is so fucking bleak. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm so glad that it didn't end up being that bleak. Like mm-hmm. it could have. Yes. It could have gone that way. It could have gone like a funny games direction, which it reminded me a lot of funny games. It had movie. that feel to it. Yeah. 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 An it, Australian funny games kind of. Yeah. It felt like a home invasion movie, even though we're not mm-hmm. in a home or in the woods. What's that home in Australia? Just yeah. the outback. But no, it didn't. It did not have that bleak of an ending. No, it, it sort of it had some redemptive um, qualities to the story mm-hmm. and like in the characters themselves, like specifically yeah. Sam or Samantha. Yeah, I heard Ian call her Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of turned out to be the hero of the movie. <laughs> in yeah. a lot of ways, she went through the most. And uh, absolutely, and like it was this this plot could have just been very shallow and superficial, mm-hmm. but it was very well written. Yeah, like, I totally agree. A lot of depth to the characters and. Even the two dudes, Daniel Stern and the Australian Josh Brolin. <laughs> nice. That's I was gonna, I was gonna call them Beardy and Weirdy. Beardy and Weirdy, I like too. Yeah, that works. Yeah, like uh, just down to the fact that oh, this one is a great shot that played so such a huge role in the unfolding of the plot. Yeah, and what a twist it was when he shot Beardy. B- that was like such a great moment. Yeah. That's where the whole plot kind of shifted. Yeah, there's and a the power dynamic shifted as well. Bit of a tilting point, a tipping point. Yeah, that was awesome. Loved it. Loved yeah. that moment. I cheered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it was, I was like, as we were watching this, I was like, oh man, I really, I really brought us into some bleak territory today. Yeah. It was, it was pretty hard to watch in some moments, Absolutely. which is, which is kind of like what I really like about it is like, we have seen this plot on paper. I've seen it more than once, you mm-hmm. know, just, just like you said, it's like a home invasion movie. It's, it's pretty cut and dry, almost color by numbers, but the way that they really flush it out, you know, follow it down some whist- twisting, you know, rabbit holes or whatever. It's, I don't know. It's really interesting and the dark parts are sort of offset by the fact that it's not a, a simple story even though it's an hour and a half it feels longer no this this story is packed yeah like, yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is so dense and so pleasing in that sense mm-hmm. even the whole first act that structure is so cool how we're going back and forth three days ago to see yeah. the first family and their experience with just going to the campsite with the second couple mm-hmm. and their experience going to the campsite we're seeing those in tandem play out until the moment where both yeah. of them encounter the two dudes yeah it's just like a few days separated yeah which is why the the baby can survive yeah incredible for building suspense perfect like just, just a great and, and it was great that you said while we were watching it you're like yeah they're really really spoon feeding those two timelines i was like oh that helps me 
I was getting confused. <laughs> I'm like, why do we never see them together? They're always on the same beach. Yeah, and no, it, it wasn't really spoon fit. It was just subtly delivered. Like it was very well done because they said, it. "Oh well, at least we're not here alone for New Year's." That was the only time you found out that it was New Year's. Mm-hmm. And then the dad said to the daughter, "Christmas was three days ago." Yeah. So like, it leaves you the audience to figure out. Like it doesn't. It isn't spoon feeding you. It's it, just yeah, cleverly three. delivering the yeah. timeline. Yeah, and uh, if you're not paying attention, that can I think become real confusing. That's like a. Uh, Blackcoat's daughter kind of delivery, but right. this one's just a lot more concise and easy to follow yeah, once you get it. A little cleaner, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oh, definitely cleaner. Oh. Yeah, that was that was really interesting. And, and that man, that one shot when they reveal that Ollie's still there when Sam is walking back to the yeah, car and yeah. the baby just kind of comes out of the right of the camera and yeah. then continuous like shot. A, yeah, thirty second shot with the baby in the background. Incredible. Just like chasing, following, oh. like trying to not get making it. a sound like yeah. yeah, the baby just falling down, oh standing God. back up, and she's just walking. They're just getting ready to but go oh loved uh, loved that that was a great great shot uh-huh and I, I was wondering through too uh, they had another shot of later in the movie with uh the baby just running ollie such a great name mm-hmm. um just like running and crying really yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like how do they get such a good acting toddler yeah <laughs> they must have really that's a great question i didn't did even do think that? about that watching it how do you get this baby to yeah cry on because <laughs> that tiny human does not understand what's going on no not that's that's a weird casting process of like yeah. your baby needs to be able to get upset like no, when no, we need him to be upset but follow also, someone yeah be, how, how do you get that shot ever holy that shit that must have been like and luck and coaching and for that and shot as well like have a baby that's okay with falling down a few times and getting up and not getting upset at that mm-hmm. moment yeah that baby was probably making a bunch of sound that they just didn't have a microphone on <laughs> that's a great call that to, probably is the case yeah just because it was slightly blurred too so even if it was upset i bet the mom that that baby's actual mother was mm-hmm. like right behind the camera right yeah. with the camera person i thought she was maybe like off or someone was off to the right with the beach because the baby makes a turn right the baby follows her for a bit and then mm-hmm. goes towards the beach yeah yeah, yeah kind of yeah oh man i don't like this really doesn't make me want to go camping especially in the <laughs> australian outback like camping alone seems crazy to me it when does. i camp i like knowing that there are other humans around like i want some privacy but yeah. i like being in a site where they are i would not want to go deep into the woods by myself and pitch a tent no i wouldn't want to go into any australian wilderness like yeah. murder capital of the world and is it there's lots of murders probably not the capital but but i think like that's it's specifically thing. in the outback right yeah so so what, historically that, there have been a lot that's just australian wilderness we, you know where in australia this is probably not uh no i don't think they Same. mentioned it at any time it's inland though yeah i thought i thought inland is mostly like the desert and around the rim, you have more of the fertile yeah. forests and stuff. Well, we were seeing, we didn't see any coasts or anything, even as they were driving. No, not all, all trees. Yeah. You know, it did, wasn't necessarily very, very forested. It, kind of a different look at Australia in terms of like what you typically see in a horror movie. Totally. Them. Totally. Especially you, if we usually see the desert and yeah, there's just such a lush forest, dirty roads. And you do see some green in Australian stuff, but it's usually more in the city. This was like mm-hmm. out in the wilderness, but also very green, lush. There's yeah. some, the shot of the, the teenage girl on the cliff. Looking out of the forest. Yeah, that's a great shot. That was just that forest just looked insane. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to walk around in it. Absolutely, that's so cool. And that's how that's how they established a lot of the movie too. Was just like them driving, but with very very generous. Like you were listening to inside the car, but they were mostly showing outside the car, so mm-hmm. you could see all of these like crazy places that were driving around it. And it was just beautiful. Yeah, they had those the this one amazingly huge um, overhead shot of just the forest with like a drone or a crane or something yeah and it was so big and so green and it just looks like um, it feeds into my own like paranoia of going to australia it's like you just go there and you're just lost Mm -hmm. just in this huge wild place full of murderers 
what I want us to sort out is these the relationship between these two killers, these two dudes. Yeah. Because what I think is interesting is Josh Brolin, Australian Josh Brolin, Beardy. seems like he seems really kind of resentful about the fact that Australian Daniel Stern, Weirdy. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Beardy and Weirdy? Yeah. yeah. That Weirdy went out hunting again, right? He comes in and he's upset that he sees mm-hmm. gone hunting on that envelope. And yeah. then he, it's like he almost reluctantly is like, fuck, now I got to go deal with this. Mm-hmm. Chases him down. But also at the beginning of the movie, Weirdy like encourages them to go camping at that specific site. Remember? Yeah. When he pulls in, he's like, oh, go to these waterfalls. There's a great spot over there. Yeah. And then there's, um, they connect that a little bit later as um, Ian and Weirdy are walking through the woods before everything's gone to shit mm-hmm. and they're just looking for the parents. Yeah. Um, he, he's talking about how he hunts yeah. the boar and he says, um, you know, go looking for him. You make a trap mm-hmm. and they'll come to you, which sort of is, seems to be what these guys do is they send them to this, it's a really nice little like lake you can go to and camp at. Nobody goes there. No, totally. But then that would make less sense to me as to why Weirdy first, at the beginning of the movie, wanted them to go. That fits into that logic that he set it up. But then he was upset. He seemed upset about, yeah. about Weirdy going off and doing this. Well, I think the whole movie, Beardy was like not pleased with the m- murderer professionalism, you know, of Weirdy. Like yeah. he, he thought he was like, he didn't have the, I don't know, whatever, the gumption for it. He didn't mm-hmm. have the right attitude. He was like taking pictures of shit, you know? Yeah. He was like, no, none of that. Like he just has this general curmudgeon attitude. Like, I don't, you're not good like me. I'm not going back to jail. So the fact that this guy's like unprofessional in a way or like unhinged in a way, right. he doesn't like trust them. Okay. So Weirdy still wanted these people to set up and go after them, but he didn't like the hastiness with which Weirdy was going through he, with it. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, dude, he's going to fuck so it up. Come like, on, I think, fuck, here we go. More than anything, he just thought he was going to screw it up because I think if he showed up at that moment and everything was under control, everyone mm-hmm. was like hostaged and tied up, he'd probably just roll with it. Yeah. You know, take his case of beer out of the car and they'd go do their thing. Yeah. Maybe there was some like exposition about that. We, when they were in the bar, we were having a hard time yeah. with their accents because they were particularly mumbly. Yep. <laughs> and so we, we didn't catch a lot of that fight I, around when the phone was getting smashed. Yeah. So what I took from that, so that guy who's in the bathroom was the cop or like the, of course. Sh- yeah. Right? Sh- shows up at the end. So, um, Basically, they're sitting with these two girls who Weirdy's trying to pick up, I think. Mm-hmm. And he takes, Weirdy takes a picture of Beardy. And then he's like, he goes to the washroom. He's like, let me see that photo. And then right before he takes out the photo, the cop walks in. And then they both act awkward because there's a cop Super in their awkward. Presence. Super guilty. And, yeah. And theoretically, this is after they killed these people. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So um, This is in between the first killings and yes. the second encounter. So there's this like, they're criminals who could go to jail. And you can tell that Beardy's got this... He does not want to go back, mm-hmm. so he's extra careful. He's like, let me see that photo, and he smashes the phone. So I, I feel like the lesson in that scene was they're criminals hiding from the law, and any little bit of evidence um, is making Beardy mad. He doesn't want to get caught. He's very scared about getting caught, and Weirdy represents the danger of getting caught because he's confident and doesn't care. Yeah, what's interesting is Weirdy's arc throughout the whole thing because mm-hmm. in that whole first encounter with the family, he's upset it's yeah. beardy that's taking the reins and mm-hmm. ordering him around to do who to kill when to kill yeah. and weirdy is like visibly like Shook. struggling with this mm-hmm. but then there's something about how well he how good his shot is yeah. that as it's happening he's slowly becoming like addicted to yeah. this process yeah. he blossoms a little bit as a as a yeah. horrible criminal and then he ends up being the one who initiates going back after them right after too mm-hmm. i thought that was like a neat arc that they're showing for his character yeah he uh he kind of got a bit off more than he can chew, I suppose. Yeah, he just like you said, he got a taste for but it. He, yeah, then he was addicted to the bite that he took. Yeah, and he went for it and 
it got it he like kept it under control like it got out of his control a couple times and he brought it back mm-hmm. but he just couldn't manage that back and people. forth is what made the movie so exciting oh, yeah the power just kept shifting mm-hmm. as the events unfolded yeah and um i'm sure at the point where beardy got shot and his guns on the ground and sh- you know the baby toss all those things happen in that one like scene mm-hmm. that was a moment where i have no idea what's about to happen yeah like I assume that this guy's just going to run into the fray, pick up a gun. There's going to be a struggle. That's the movie, mm-hmm. right? That's what I thought. And he didn't. And he ran off. And then we get that like fake out of that. He took the baby, which is such a good fake out. And it really like adds a layer of drama to their relationship because mm-hmm. they just got engaged. Yeah. Right. They just got engaged. And that's what shifts the tension so much when they're driving away with the guy is Sam is playing through her head. Oh my God, he actually just abandoned me. Mm-hmm. I thought he was doing the noble thing and running off with the baby to save the baby's life because obviously that's more important than yeah. my life. But no, he just straight up ditched all of us. He's scared. Get help. He panicked and he ran. Yeah, and that gave her the impulsive move to then yeah. trash the car. Yes, it like reduced her like um, her desire to like keep him alive, I guess. And herself. And herself just, like, like, fuck, fuck all it. this. Yeah. And then he in that moment brilliantly like capitulated as well. And he looks at her and he's like, do it. Fucking do it. Yeah, he had the same moment. He's like, I fucked up. Like, this is all just fucked. Like, this guy needs to fucking die. do it. Our lives don't matter anymore. This guy just needs to die. Yeah. Like, let's just kill him. It, yeah, that was so crazy. Is there? Um, there's two of them against one bad guy. And like, fuck it. Take us all down. Yeah. It just mathematically, as the viewer, you're like... So that is so satisfying. Yeah. And then her finally killing him with the rock in the head <sighs> is so satisfying. Yeah, and she, like, he's in a lot of pain from the first car accident. Yep. Um, so he keeps setting traps. That was so good. In that first accident, he ties her to the wheel mm-hmm. and then he just gets out and he waits and then shoots cops. And like, you always think that cops are the moment where they're safe, but just, just like Devil's Candy. The way Candy, that whole scene set up, I'm like, this is not, this is not good. This is not going to go the way anyone wants mm-hmm. it to go. No, it's like exactly like Devil's Candy when Ray shows up and manages to kill those two cops. Mm-hmm. He kills the two cops that you think are there to, are going to save them for sure. Mm-hmm. Nope. And then there he is and they're, he has them again, but he's so much more injured. It's like, slow down, slow down. She exactly. just speeds up. Or, so like, or like the way that you think get out is going to go when the cops show up at right. the end. Yeah. yeah. Like this is not going to play well. No, but... this is bad that the cops are here. Yeah. Whew. I love that. Yeah. And it was so nice to end on that shot of her just kind of looking at him like confused, not sure how to feel about him. Yes. Grateful that they're alive, but like it was, there was so many complicated emotions mm-hmm. and just to end on that silent shot was and they, so great. Yeah. They didn't so tell well us. Done. They didn't tell us no. what happens to them. Um, we get an awesome, awesome shot too. The last thing we see of Ollie is he, the baby's protecting or the dog the is dog. protecting the baby. Oh, so good. And it's like, no, I don't need to tell the audience. The audience is smart enough. Yeah. They'll figure it out. Those people will send another troop to get him and the dog will be protecting it. It's all there. Yeah. This movie is so great at not just over delivering yeah. the exposition of the plot. Yeah, I totally agree. That was just perfect. And so like you can assume things like, yeah, this main guy, he, so the doctor Ian, he made a mistake mm-hmm. or, you know, he, he did something questionable morally yeah. by running away. But that ended up being a positive. That's sort of the reason they. Yeah, got and I it. don't hate the doctor for doing no, that. No, no, and you he know. was a very likable, noble character. That's that's what's so great too is that the guy who ran away was the noble doctor yeah. who's always there. Yeah. You know, his whole life is helping people and saving lives. Yeah, and I said earlier, I'm like, man, it's lucky to have a handsome, young, fit doctor on your team. That's always an pretty asset. much in like mar- a marathon outfit, yeah. <laughs> right? Like he looks like he's ready to just jog 40 kilometers. Yeah, ready to do just anything he needs to in this survival situation. And yeah. yet he doesn't become the one who's most capable. Like mm-hmm. he, he runs off and he gets help. I think that that was awesome that he didn't come in and act as the hero just because he's bigger. Yeah, no. That's great. It she really did. She it did not give into the temptation of any cliches yeah. for this yeah, type yeah. of genre, this type of setup. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I really loved about this movie is 
the amount of violence that they showed the, that that mm. balance of like how much violence we're actually going to show versus how much we're going to imply and leave off screen yeah this would have been way worse if they showed that whole first encounter with the first family yeah them ra- raping the women mm-hmm. and yeah like that yeah. whole thing but they did just the right amount of we're not going to show any of that we'll imply it it's enough just for us to show the yeah. aftermath of what happened yeah and then we can show them shooting the mom and dad in the head like that, it was just so well balanced that it wasn't Great. frustrating yeah. at all. It's jarring violence. It wasn't torture. Yeah, like dread. It was a very stomachable. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Version of terrible, terrible violence. Man, they say with um, like a lot of bands that just kind of explode that oh, a lot of these musicians or artists spent you know their entire lives coming up with these first ten songs, and that's yeah. why they're so good. That first album is their heart, and I feel that way about this debut. Like he's done a <laughs> bunch of shorts, he, and you could actually see his shorts on his website, DamianPower.com.au. That's how Australians go online, <laughs> and he's got like five shorts up there. I didn't watch any of them, but I'm curious to check them out now. Yeah, totally. But I feel like yeah, he had maybe so much time to really fine tune. Mm-hmm. Even like same with Sean Burns' first one, Loved Ones, right? Like that is such yeah. an amazingly impressively written script. Yeah, such powerful debuts. Totally. I, I'm really, really excited that this movie was as good as it is. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who's tuning in right at the end only and hasn't been spoiled on the movie, if you're thinking about checking this out, you should. I'd say so, for sure. It's an awful, awful and awkward time to slot that into the episode. But <laughs> <laughs> it's totally worth your time. It is. That it's was really good. Bleak moments, but so satisfying in that you get to that bleak depth, but then you get redeemed. Mm-hmm. We get out of it. And that was so so satisfying to yeah. come out from those depths i have to agree like there's um a thing that i brought up a few times it's like the bleak ending that everyone dies i do love that mm-hmm. uh, you know the the funny games the strangers mm-hmm. it fills me with that beautiful dread this movie definitely definitely benefits from giving that silver lining like that's how it's composed is it needs to end on a sweeter note absolutely and it's not perfectly sweet it's it's satisfying to the viewers who have gone through this harrowing experience and it leaves so many very real human questions about what happens next. Totally, man. I, yeah, I'm surprised this wasn't on many more lists mm-hmm. of yeah. this past year. Yeah, it was too. on, like I saw it on Rolling Stones list of all places oh. <laughs> and Vulture.com listed it as well for their top four movies, but none of the other major ones no. seem to include it. And it's like Metacritic scores like 59. Like That's pretty low. That's pretty fucking low. low for this movie. I was, I was worried when I suggested this one. Um, but I, yeah, I looking at those numbers too before and I'm like, I oh, could go either way. I think the Rotten Tomato score actually is a little higher. It is it's like, like 75 70. or yeah, 76. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm curious to see what, what exactly they, they had issue with in this film because I, it seemed pretty solid. The acting performances were wonderful. Exactly. Everyone in it was good. It was a really mm-hmm. limited cast, gorgeously mm-hmm. shot, no mistakes. That, um, that sound editing, building. sound editing could use a tweak, I think. Oh yeah. What in particular? Just um, at in the top of the movie, and this could just be stylistic, but I found all the, um, the environmental sound effects, the crunching of footsteps, the clicking of locks and stuff mm-hmm. to be jarringly loud. Oh dude, I was picking the lock right next to you here. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I was. I actually. And then the music. Gonna... The music when they in some speaking scenes, it was hard to. Mm-hmm. It was hard to hear what people were saying. Right. I was going to comment on the birds, but I, maybe that's an Australian wilderness thing. Maybe that's accurate to the how loud it is. Yeah, because those were squawky ass motherfuckers. Whatever mm-hmm. those things were. It's just like having a parrot on your shoulder that just screeches as loud as it can every <sighs> thirty seconds. And those warthogs, man. Can you imagine just wandering through forests and seeing those big ass <laughs> pigs just running around? Okay, so imagine you're like a young twenty-something doctor, mm-hmm. and okay. and you're just out camping. Mm-hmm. And you see a pig, a big pig eating your food. You just go, oi! That's all he did. And it left. 
my instinct was that it was a black bear because being from Canada <laughs> and having camped in the wilderness and seen lots of black bears, that's that's the thing that will be going through your food. But in the Australian outback, it's a, it's boar. a giant boar. <laughs> and that's apparently what they hunt. But and... also what idiots, what camping idiots go out and have like just a crate of onions, like unveil onions just like outside <laughs> next to their tent. In Are you kidding me? Plastic dollar store bin. Yeah. Of course the hog's going to get into it. I also, I would have, take issue with pitching a tent right on the sand i mean maybe if you look at the weather and make sure okay there's no chance of rain whatsoever but if you got rained out while on the sand there that would just be the worst exactly yeah that's a bad place to pitch a tent Mm. but but it looked like there were limited clearings in the forest itself so maybe that's what you got to work with maybe that's the only place they had because that's where the other people set up seemed like yeah the logical thing to do i guess i wanted to wander around in those trails though it looked beautiful yeah and we never got to the waterfalls did we nope amazing the whole thing is about this waterfall and that's why you go to the campsite we never see it i wonder if like um because they kind of climb up to this like i don't want to call it a precipice but this little oh, clearing yeah, at the yeah. top area totally. with like that kind of long looking rock face where yeah right yeah. where they get killed right yes. in front of yeah and where the trees are they get they're sitting against the trees yeah that could be the waterfall like it could be some behind it yeah behind it or something and like the kind of tongue-in-cheek thing is like oh check out the waterfalls they're beautiful but really it's beautiful to those two guys who the waterfall is the killing ground yeah exactly then what would have been really nice, and maybe it is in there, and didn't note I didn't notice it, but if you heard the sound of waterfalls, right, where they were in that Ooh. killing scene, that would have been such a nice little touch. Yeah, if you could hear that running water. Yeah, and just done never, it. and you're never given it, because none of these characters are able to fully get what they want from the mm-hmm. character screens. That would have been like a beautiful little touch. That would have been beautiful, yeah. Oh, dude, that would have been perfect. For the remaster, let's yeah. suggest that in. They'll just say, oh, no, just I'm sure the writer-director would love to hear from us <laughs> <laughs> and get our suggestions and notes on his masterpiece that Fucking his life's been building up to. Great movie. Yeah, it does not <laughs> yeah. need our help in being awesome. Sir, who, who are you? <laughs> Um, or the text Chris Dave saws. Um, yeah, one thing I really liked, and it feel, feels like um, it was from... He's writer-director. Like, this is all him. Yeah. Yeah. He Damien Same Power. with Sean Byrne. Same with Ben Young. Like, these Australian horror directors right now are just doing I, it all themselves. I, I think the government is giving money to um, Australian creators. Yeah. To help them. Yeah. Do we see Do, a nice little Australian? I guess we didn't watch there was, the um, Yeah, something Australia. It yeah. Was, it was part of their, I don't remember what the I don't doubt. Is. That's awesome. Cinema Australia or something like yeah. that. We do the same thing here in Canada. We There's different grants or whatever. And mm-hmm. Pie Wacket, I think, was made off of one of those grants. And I did actually see it on a list or two. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. That was that was what Canadian horror movie that was at TIFF that I saw this past year that I was kind of lukewarm on. I was looking into that one. Yeah. Yeah. It has the potential to do. But IFC Midnight with the same come or distributors that bought this one mm-hmm. also bought pie Wacket and they're putting it out okay yeah to just bring it full circle cool <laughs> um yeah one thing um i really liked that um weirdy said mm-hmm. which I, I talked about a little bit he talked about how like you make a trap and you bring them make them come to you yeah um ian actually asks him as i thought about it he asked him um how wh- where his traps or how does he catch them or whatever he's like oh you think i use those spike traps or those clamping traps, like mm-hmm. bear trap things. And he's like, no, that's, he like looks at him like, that's stupid. And I feel like that's just a little like comment about like horror movies in general is mm-hmm. um, he's like this sort of setting that we're in. It's like, no, we don't set traps and you fall into them. Or sorry, we don't go looking for you and we come after you like, you know, killers, pursuers. Right. You took that as like a meta commentary. Yeah, on. a meta commentary on like what his movie is, which mm-hmm. is like we set a trap in this really innocuous way. Yeah. And like they've caught two flies in their web, you know? They got two little families. It's it seems like a pretty good trap. So I don't know. It seems kind of like he's I like it. He's making a comment about the movie itself versus other like mm-hmm. in the woods pursuer movies. I buy it. Um, I I thought it was a little sloppy of them to leave. Like it clearly, um, the mom was shot not in the heart, 
on the other side mm-hmm. on the other side of the chest yeah it, but, it felt a little sloppy to me that they they left her with just that shot and didn't i execute her i think it was absolutely sloppy and i think he was totally sloppy on beers and he was the leader so he's like, let's go right because they had the empty cans that they were placing on it was like heads. yeah that guy was Messy drunk job. when he was doing that right like that scene was so great because the one guy was like really having the internal struggle and the other guy was just drunk and uh, he's done it before i was gonna like make a joke about in australia your heart is on the other side of your chest <laughs> It's on the other side of the world. Yeah, that's how it is. You drive on the other side of the road and your heart is on the other side of your chest. <laughs> Australia. So let's flush the other way. The moon rises in the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing took place at night. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Yeah, so I give that movie a 13 out of 18. I give it <laughs> I give it four Dave Saws out of five. Nice. That's a good review. Uh, four Sandy Beaches out of five. Um, two Hunting Rifles out of two. Uh, seven Daniel Stearns out of eight Josh Brolins. Uh, He's like a skinny Josh Brolin. And that's insane to say because Josh, like this guy was pretty jacked. Yeah. But Josh Brolin is fucking Thanos. He had that like weird, like creepy jacked. Like he wasn't like pretty muscled. Yeah. It looked like it sinewy. Like, like it was just yeah. random bulgy muscles. Like literally all like, he does to stand shape is just lift one way, one type of weight forever. He just drags bodies. <laughs> like mm-hmm. That's how he gets his muscle. Yeah. It's stringy, hard working muscle. Mm-hmm. Not that glamour muscle. Man, that was so exciting. So many moments just right yeah. around that forest. Yeah. Literally not knowing what's going to happen. Totally. I had no concept of what was going to happen in this movie. It mm-hmm. could have, anything could have happened. Anyone could have been killed at any moment. Mm-hmm. so fucking good so watchable i th- i thought like you know some member of the previous family other than ollie might survive like i thought they might interact i thought the mom was going to be a big thing her like realizing as she was like basically oh saved God. yeah that moment she like her eyes widen and then he pulls the trigger yeah oh god that was a jarring moment yeah because she's like she's clearly asking like where's ollie and he's like i've got him he's okay and there's like this moment of sweet relief and then the guy disappears from behind i'm like remember me yeah oh God, that that felt like funny games, like the golf ball rolling back into the totally. And how bleak was just the teenage daughter still like being alive, like just she's just passed out, just blacked out, lying there, and yeah. then they had to execute her. And if it wasn't for Weirdy, they would have left her there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, if he didn't notice her, yeah, that's just another way that this movie could have gone completely differently. Yeah, yeah, but I liked that in that scene. It was. There was a lot, like we said, a lot of implied terribleness, but it was generally quiet with some like muted sobs. You needed that. You yeah. needed that. Yeah. So it was all like they really did more focus on the the game that these two f- fucked up people were playing. Yeah. But watching man, watching movies like this just really like trains your instincts to not trust like any <laughs> random strangers, anyone, any the nicest thing. Every these horrible people, they they're nice. They mm-hmm. act nice at first, although these guys didn't. So friendly. These guys went against that, like typical, like you act nice to get your victim into a. As soon as this guy met the girl, he's like, "Come on out!" Like he wouldn't. It was like the the smallest threshold. Usually, there's like yeah. you know a, a longer period of trying to interact the nice way and then shifting into the more sinister. Mm-hmm. But this guy went from nice to sinister in like five seconds. Yeah, he starts banging on the door and barking, and then barking at her, just terrifying. And if he hadn't done that, she wouldn't have started honking the horn, which wouldn't have caused the two of them to start running, which wouldn't have like. The that, chain reaction of it all. Yeah. yeah, that complicates things for Beardy. So I feel like when he comes back and sees that envelope that says gone hunting, mm-hmm. he's like, you can't do this shit without me. Yeah. You needed my help to make that shit work in the first place. Mm-hmm. So like, that's probably another reason why he was mad that... Was it Beardy or Weirdy that pointed out to kill the teenage daughter to the other one before they left? Uh, in the first scene? I don't know. Yeah. It was, Beardy would have done it. 
Weird he wasn't saying much of anything in that scene. No, he was, yeah, he was nervous and reserved. And mm-hmm. yeah, and you can tell Beardy, like, had another layer, level of resentment for Weirdy because he was a way better shot than him. Like Beardy, oh, yeah. like took a couple shots, missed both times. He's like, ah, you do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then he shoots her in the wrong side of the chest after his third shot, and he's like, I call it a draw. Yeah. And I just wanted to raise my hand and go, that's not a draw. That's you losing. <laughs> <laughs> Losers always want to end in draws. <laughs> and the mom's body is just it remains like still like she's yeah. in shock, like just blacked out from yeah. shock. She would have been just as like dehydrated and messed up as the mm-hmm. as the toddler but also a lot of blood loss oh i meant like even when they shot her in the chest the first time on the yeah. side of the chest oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she's yeah. like unconscious there and just hits it and yeah man she barely moved Ugh. yeah Ooh. and when they shot the dad like in his eye i just felt so so bad for that dad too like oh jeez, yeah. blood running down the face and the can yeah, placed can, on top. It falls off him twice. Yeah. He almost, like the women in general seem much more powerful in this movie because when yeah. the guy puts the can on the dad's head, he's just kind of accepting it and the the woman is like shaking it off in like, anger no. and resistance. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, yeah the, the little fight back that you can do. The women really did not let anything mm-hmm. happen to them and the men were kind of scared and that was an interesting kind of turning that convention on its head. Yeah, gender in this movie. Yeah, for sure. That was great. Awesome, man. Horror movies. <laughs> All right, should we go to Instagram comments? Instagram comments. Today we have an all-star round of Instagram comments. What in the hell does that mean? It means we got our some of our favorite scaredy cats writing in today. Oh, she shall. Commenting on the gate. Oh, the gate. What yeah. a great movie. All right, so we have a comment here on our the gate post from David Osu87 and then some other letters. Uh, glad to hear you guys cover the gate. My babysitter's mom and stepdad showed my sister and I this film. This film has a big nostalgic feeling for me. Really enjoyed what you guys thought seeing it for the first time. It has issues, but definitely is fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, it's fun. Sounds like, I mean, this isn't the first time David's talked about his, um, how he was raised watching all these eighties horror movies. And it sounds like he had some great adults in his life when he was very mm-hmm. young to introduce him to this amazing content yeah. that we're only discovering later in life. Jeez. Your babysitter brings you like a, well, The Gate is a great babysitter movie. It's a great horror movie yeah. for like kids around age 10, 11, right? There's yeah. not like too much too scary, but it's still an intense experience for at a, to have at a young age, I think. Mm-hmm. And probably just super fascinating to see those little minions and stuff yeah. as a kid. That oh, would probably man. just be so satisfying. I If I had seen this younger, I'm sure I would have mad nostalgia for it. That'd totally. be one of the ones I would have loved. To- absolutely. Yeah. And also Porcelain Skylines, hey Zena, said, hooray for the SNES. I got one for my birthday on in december and i've been playing nothing but a link to the past and super mario world i have beaten super mario world um <laughs> i've now i'm in the middle of mario kart which is so much harder than i remember yeah the later iterations of mario kart become easier easier absolutely yeah. i'm yeah. like struggling to get past <laughs> the well right now i've got gold cups on all the 500 and 100 but i'm trying to get the next things unlocked and it is hard they're tough man holy shit that's real item management and but what no like, mistake making but what i like about it is it really forces you to learn the race tra- like the courses themselves yeah. and figure out how to master the, each course on its own logic mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so much other racing is like oh i just have to figure out how to go fast enough and curve just in front control of my people. car the best yeah. this you need to learn the track 100 percent. um even like as late as like mario kart 64 those that was the that was the shortcuts the last were the only way to do it right to be the best mm. at it is just to know everything <laughs> but oh, that's yeah. mario in general like you're gonna if you um know all those shortcuts all those like blocks that aren't real that you can walk through yeah where you can fly up to and get into secret worlds and stuff totally that's the only way to clear it and get to some worlds 
Yeah. So, yeah, I got to figure out if those things exist in Mario Kart Super Nintendo because I'm sure some of those tracks there are a little ways to sidestep. There's this and that in in it. All right, I'm going to try a little harder and then give up eventually. And then Google it. And then eventually go to Link to the Past, which I'm saving because I love that game so much. Great game. Mm -hmm. Great game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thanks, David Osu and uh, Porcelain Skylines for those comments. Check out our Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat. And what's the one? The other one? Oh, Letterboxd. Letterboxd. You can follow us on there. I think we got 10 scaredy cats following uh, our list. Oh, she shall. Yeah. We're just, I mean, we spam you in so many other ways. I'll understand <laughs> if you don't want to add us on one. Leave us a review on iTunes too. Yeah. Hop on iTunes, text your staves out, leave us a review if you like what you're hearing and we'll continue doing it. Absolutely. And even if you don't, we'll continue. Yeah. I was thinking about um, like Ollie when Ollie grows up now, because now who's going to raise Ollie? Maybe these two. Maybe they'll maybe that's, they'll raise Ollie. That's I kind of predicted that as being the ending. Yeah, them walking away with with Ollie. Now they have a baby and they're a little family and a dog. They get the dog too. Yeah, they get oh, banjo. Hell yeah, that's a perfect get banjo <laughs> Ollie and the two of them. That would be That'd the be one wonderful. thing that they could have ended the movie on that would have I think made me like it less. <laughs> if they're like, and here's the bow. Let me yeah. wrap this gift. Yeah. yeah, with my heart will go on as they walk yeah. into the Australian <laughs> desert. I just wanted um, banjo to fetch out like a little tiny indiana jones type hat out of his like back satchel <laughs> throw it on ollie ollie hop on <laughs> i did kind of feel like they run off into the distance we'd see a little ollie like th- th- put his arm over banjo's back yeah, yeah. <laughs> so insane a little like but i would have loved it him like galloping away on <laughs> banjo this one-year-old oh <laughs> uh, we watch we've been watching too many 80s camp horror movies <laughs> yeah our expectations are very particular. Ollie the Pitbull Cowboy. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. My name is David Stonebrook. My name is Chris Vandenberg. And as together. And as, as always. always <laughs> chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Don't camp in Australia. Chaos reigns. Probably end up dead. Yeah. Or thrown on the ground, but you make it. See you next week, Scary Cats. See ya.